Shaq, let's just say that a uh, snake bit your mom right up here, right in the chest area. Would you be willing to suck the venom out to win the title? No, but I will with your wife. Hello, welcome to the Pick and Roll Podcast. I'm Bill Golden. Alongside me, as always, is Kevin McLernan. And today we also have our special guest, friend of the pod, Shane Roxbury. Uh, we were planning to bring Shane on anyway, but as I think most people know by now, there was some just absolutely crazy news. This whole Colangelo situation, I don't know what to make of it. Uh, I guess I'll go to you first, Kev. I mean, what, what are we to think here? Well, I mean, I, don't, I can't believe you forgot this, but I mean, we got to remind everybody the Eagles are world champions. So, Oh, I thought that was... That in the beginning. Oh, sorry. I thought that was an end of the pod thing. My bad. It's, it's all the time in the pod. Okay. Uh, but man, I just, I couldn't believe this when it came out and NBA had two days off. So, uh, it had, it had to do something with those two days. Yeah. It's like you have this short break and everyone's waiting for the finals to start. And I think we were all okay waiting those, you know, two days. I mean, we got two game seven, so it's not like we had to wait, uh, you know, the, the time I think we thought we might have to wait if the series were shorter. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is crazy. Uh, with these fake Twitter accounts. Shane, do you think this is real or do you think this is that, I don't know, something else is going on? Um, uh, define real. I, I mean, I, I, I really think, uh, regardless, it, 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 it comes back to him. I mean, I want it, I want, I want it very much to be him. Like I want it very much to be like him personally, like doing the, doing the actual tweeting. Um, but I mean, uh, either way, I, I think it's gonna get. He's gonna get whether he was like a known conspirator, or it was a, it was his wife, or I don't know, a relative, or somebody who works like in the organization that he was, you know, uh, divulging information to. I think I think we're gonna get it coming back to him, um, but I, I don't know in what capacity. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, the weird thing is just it. There was just no like track covering with it. He just kind of followed. Uh, so many like relatives and uh, specific basketball programs that he follows um, that we know that he personally pays attention to. So if it is him, I think or, it was 70, I think it was 70 common followers between all the accounts. Yeah. It's just, if you're going to do this, you would think you would do it more carefully. I mean, he even had, I think one of the accounts I saw had like thousands of followers. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just totally bizarre. Even like, Especially with having like what happened with Kevin Durant, you would think that people would have learned. And then the thing is with Durant, Durant's young, but this guy's what? He's fifties or in his sixties now? Fifties. Yeah, I mean, come on, you're yeah. a grown I mean, man. I he did exactly what I would have done if I, I got caught in that situation. <laughs> I, I, I definitely would have like real quick scrambled to not only unfollow everybody that I followed, but also make them private and do everything I can to disassociate, you know this one Twitter that I'm acclaiming to, um, from the rest of them, uh, I would have immediately done all of those things. So I don't know. You tell me, man. 
Yeah, I think the 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 thing that really gets him, ties him down is, you know, the reporter called the Sixers and asked about two of the accounts, knowing that there were five, but leaving three out of it just to see what would happen. And all five of those accounts went private immediately. So I think that um, says a lot about their, their connection, at least to each other. And it's, it's definitely all the same person. And I agree with you, Shane. I think it, maybe if it isn't him, uh, it's definitely someone that knows him very well. And that means that some, he was, some information was getting out. Now the Sixers are doing an investigation. And I mean, how long do you guys think until he's fired? I think uh, within a week. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that we're gonna get halfway through this podcast, and we're gonna get a <laughs> that he's gone. Um, but yeah, I think it's towards the end of the week. I mean, they try to what did they try to do? They try to shower you with bad news towards the end of the week, thinking that you wouldn't care because it's Friday. Right. Um, so maybe tomorrow, maybe Friday, we'll we'll get something. I don't expect them to, like we said, I don't expect them to pin them pin him down as the tweeter. But they'll probably just, I don't know, say some kind of you know he was. Indirectly involved, he's stepping away, parting ways. I don't, however they want to word it. Yeah, it's just such a bizarre situation. Um, but I think that you know us as Philly fans, I don't think any of the three of us, and I think most Sixers fans are not. Um, I mean, I think it's pretty shocking, but he's. Uh, it just plays into what people have been saying about him from the beginning. Um, you know, he, he needed, as Kevin mentioned in the last pod, he needed his daddy to get the job. And then he's, he's acting like a child on Twitter. So, um, but I think, I think overall people in Philly will be happy to see him go. Um, the other thing that's interesting is uh, that I love people putting out conspiracy theories if, if Hinky's involved in this. What do you guys think about that? Sam Hinky would not lower himself to this. <laughs> he doesn't need to. But I think it all comes down to like his insecurity about himself and about like his job. Because I mean, all of us obviously talked about how we wanted to keep Sam Hankey. And I mean, reading a couple of his tweets, he was like kind of always talking about like what other people thought about him and Sam Hankey leaving and some of the players that he drafted. It just seemed really weird. I like the alternate theory that it's um, Danny Ainge (laughs) that he's trying to (laughs) that he's trying to. Sabotage the Sixers' chances of getting LeBron this summer, <laughs> and I mean, it, uh, I mean the mind, the mindset there, right? I mean, if, it, well, if this is true, I, and and they hold on to him, I, don't, I can't imagine a free agent who's going to want to stick their nose into this situation. I, yeah, I hadn't thought about it from that perspective. Um, if I was Ainge, though, I mean, you, you kind of robbed Angela last year, right? Like, why would you want to? What would you want to get rid of him? Keep him there and keep trading with him, right? Yeah, keep fleecing him, I guess. <laughs> no, but that's true. I mean, at this point, I guess the Celtics probably wouldn't want to do many more trades with the Sixers. And you're right, Shane. I mean, if I'm Ainge, the number one thing I don't want to see is LeBron to the Sixers. So if I was him, I'd be paying some people to tweet at Ben and, and JoJo and tell them that they don't need LeBron and, you know, gas <laughs> them up, tell them how great they are, all that. <laughs> Yeah, considering they're the, they're the actual Vegas odds on favor right now, it's just absolutely ridiculous. It's the most ridiculous thing besides this Colangelo story. I, I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw the odds. I think they were, what, plus 150? And that wow. was one of their favorites. Um, yeah, and that's above Cleveland, above Houston, um, above them all. If, if Ainge isn't involved in the 
tweeting. He, he was definitely the anonymous source that uh, let the ringer know about it. Yeah, or yeah. I mean, Hinky is uh, has a background in this kind of stuff, and he might have been the person who did some of the initial tracking to figure this out. And and I could definitely see that. Now I'm with you though, Kev. I don't think Hinky would stoop to this level. Also, if Hinky was doing something like this, it, it just he would have done it in a way that no one would have ever kind of discovered. I think he just seems like he's kind of smarter than that. Yeah, but I mean, after this whole year and the weird things that happened with Markel Fultz, we kind of thought the uh, the strangeness was over. And uh, here we are, May 30th, and still talking about it. It doesn't stop. <laughs> the NBA doesn't rest. It doesn't, and the Sixers are the weird gift they keep on giving. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the league has to be not up front, but I think they all secretly are happy about this because Twitter blows up. You know, everyone's talking about the NBA on in between the two series right now. Any news, I think, you know, with this is good. I mean, Colangelo's going to go down, but who really cares? In the meantime, everyone's just going to be tweeting conspiracy theories. I mean, we had GMs from other teams getting involved in this on Twitter. You know, obviously, Joel's going to get involved. I thought that all of that was just great. I just don't see, because, I mean, apparently a lot of GMs said, that they couldn't see a GM doing this. I mean, I think that's the whole point. <laughs> this situation is just so strange that it, it kind of has to be true to me. Um, and like you said, th- those three accounts being all at the same time moving to private, it, it just, I mean, that's just a dead giveaway. Yeah, I mean, whether it was Colangelo or someone associated with him, like you guys were talking about, I, I definitely agree. But it's just, you never know with the NBA and, and, uh, yeah, it really is. It's almost becoming a year-round year round league as well. So, I mean, especially with, you know, this draft is, is a big draft. I think a lot of people are hyped up about it, especially with Doncic and stuff, which we'll talk about in the postseason. I laugh audibly at the, this is big, this is normal collars. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, it was just genuinely, objectively hilarious. Yeah, I mean, that's just... Totally amazing. I mean, I, some of the best comedy writers might not have thought of, of that. And then my favorite was like all the memes where his collar just kept getting bigger and bigger in these memes. Just just totally hilarious. But go ahead. Go talk about Luka Doncic. No, no. I, we'll talk about that in the offseason. But yeah, I mean, I was just saying like the NBA is just so great. And like this offseason obviously is going to be unbelievable. But I guess let's keep it. With this season, we got the NBA Finals coming up, and guys, we got real, two really good series, and um, I think, I don't think anyone really saw both of these go in seven. Uh, we'll start I out... Mean, that's debatable, man, that they were good series. <laughs> okay, fair enough. They were long series, as long as possible. That That is fair. Uh, we'll start with the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, Cleveland, obviously, winning Game 7 in Boston. Kev, when, when if... You gave up on the Cavs. When was that um, in the series? Like after game two? Or did you not give up at all? After game five, I thought Boston was going to go to the finals. Um, But I'm not shocked at all. What about you, Shane? Game two. It was game two, and then I I thought they got it back. Um, And then after game five, I was was kind of up in the air. Um, But after two, uh, I was just... And that they Boston them game one they did the same thing that they did to the Sixers the previous round they came out that game one just guns blazing you were just wow 
Um, so yeah, it was game two and then I kind of came back around and then kind of floated there and then watched and watched LeBron do his thing. Yeah. Cause like when they dropped game one, you kind of expect that. And then it was just, I felt like they needed to get game two cause I just didn't see them winning game three and four at home. And I thought they go down three, one, that's it. But, uh, obviously I was wrong about that. And yeah, the game seven, I, I got to give a lot of credit to LeBron obviously for an amazing performance, but there's no denying that he got a lot of help from the Celtics in that game, missing a lot of open threes. Yeah, I mean, uh, after I gave up them after game five, but then once it went to seven, I, I pretty much thought they were going to win. Um, even though Love love out, I mean, you just knew LeBron was going to have a huge game. Yeah, and you, I think you, most people thought so. I mean, even though it was in Boston, but... You know, there's a lot of comparisons about the way LeBron plays in Boston and stuff, but this was such a different situation. No one on any of the past teams were there. and But the thing that's the same always is that crowd is, is pretty amazing. They have a great crowd there, and um, it's an intimidating place to play. And they played a couple late games, so you know it gave the fans ample opportunity to get nice and sauced up before tip-off. Um, that, that helps for the atmosphere as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, LeBron goes to eight straight finals now. Uh, I think it adds a lot to his legacy. Do you guys, I, I think this coming from behind from three, one was the hardest, but some people are saying this is his greatest accomplishment. What do you guys think? I think, uh, I think three, one still takes it. Um, uh, Draymond, Draymond asterisk or not. Uh, but I almost, I almost stopped you when you, when you were leading with Kev, with Kev, the question to Kevin, you said he had a lot of help from, and I was like, who could he possibly? What? How do I help him? Who, and, and then you said the Celtics. Oh, okay, that that, that makes sense. Um, but no, uh, yeah, this. I mean, this is right up there. Um, and now that we got to eight straight finals, I think people are actually starting to quantify how, how just how hard that is. Um, you know, one one man, eight finals, three different teams. Uh, that's the closest thing to a dynasty um, they can really come to. Um, if this is, you know, if three one was one, this is probably one B. Yeah, anybody who puts this over three one, I think, is just kind of living in the moment right now. I mean, he came back from three to one against a team that won seventy three games in a season. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it's definitely his uh, best playoffs, uh, getting to the finals since he got that Cavs putrid team to the finals with Elgaskis and Gibson. Yeah, so I, I've been listening to some pods, and like some people were kind of comparing the two teams, which I think is crazy. Um, it's interesting, though, because the last two games, they didn't have love. And I think if, you, if we look at the, that roster without love, then I think you, you can start to compare. Do you guys think without love, this roster is better or worse than that? that oh, I think it was the 07 team. Uh, I you have the names on you who was on that team no i know it's like zadrinus uh larry hughes booby gibson uh drew gooden i think uh drew gooden wow eric snow i think you were just yeah. in some just terrible <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he just has a bunch of random basketball cards in his hands and he's, that's what he's reading <laughs> yeah no i'm not even gonna fact check you on that i, they, they, I think they were worse yeah they were worse yeah the thing that's I guess harder or like more difficult here is I think that that team probably had more chemistry, but
but you know they changed so much in the middle of the season. The guys individually definitely are more talented, but overall as a team, I think they just they don't they they rarely look like they're a team. It's just it looks like a bunch of individuals, and I mean some of that's LeBron's style, basically you know driving and kicking or whatever. But I just, think George Hill's better than any of those players that were on that team. Well, it depends on if he shows up or not, though. Some nights he True. just is a yeah, he home ghost. Cleveland, George Hill. Yeah, that, that's the craziest part about, you know, the whole series, really. I mean, the whole playoffs, the, them home versus on the road is just, it's, an, it's a crazy difference. That's why the series wasn't that great, because Boston is awful on the road, and they were amazing at home, and they captured the same way. So those games in the beginning of the series weren't even really fun to watch. Yeah. yeah, I saw I saw a lot of people have uh, listening to some pods about the playoffs, and a lot of people were getting on the Celtics about that, and they were saying how it was how it was diminishing it, I guess, a little bit that they were just routing everybody at home and then just basically giving it up, and then and and it seems like at some point in the fourth quarter, um, them and then I guess the Cavs too to a degree, um, but mainly Boston that that it was like oh you know if we don't if we don't get it within you know nine nine or ten points within the next like 30 seconds we're just going to give up and pack it home and and stevens kind of like holds back and they'll kind of just you know concede concede the loss and then just pick it up and just blow them out next game when they get back to the garden yeah um, i think the Cavs kind of seem to do the same thing sometimes um a lot of people will say that especially specifically about lebron that he'll constantly be calculating a game um, and if he thinks it'll get out of reach, he just kind of starts to check out. I mean, he might still play, uh, you know, into the fourth quarter or whatever, but he won't be giving nearly as much effort because, you know, he's he's always playing the long game. And that's why I think in year 15, he still has um, he still has this much energy at the end of the year, even though we saw him very tired earlier in the series. But who knows? He may have been a little ill or, um, you know, th- there's no way to know. There was not really much reporting on that, but. You know, he did a lot of that in the regular season as well, resting on the defensive end because he knew that this was the time he would need all his energy for. And I guess the finals is really going to be up to how much ga- gas he has left. But I just looked up that roster from 2007, and the names that popped out to me were Danielle Marshall oh. and Larry Hughes. Oh, Danielle was great. Yeah. That's it's. But yeah, LeBron did a great job. I mean, conserving his energy. You noticed it. I mean, and he looked gassed in Game Five. It's just that's kind of why I kind of gave up on him after Game Five. I just thought he was done after playing a hundred games this year. Yeah, Game Five. He looked. He was grabbing. It, you know, he was grabbing his shorts. He was on his knees like five or seven minutes in the game. Um, and you and you were and you were kind of worried. And then it, it looked like Game Six and Game Seven. It that just it, it didn't matter. Yeah, I mean, this goes right back to Kevin I's robot theory. I mean, we're not the only ones that uh, have been saying this at this point. I mean, I think it's almost becoming a consensus. I mean, he may have just been like, ah, if, you know, if I, I got to look tired at some point so that they still think I'm human, you know? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that might have been what happened there. Just need to change the batteries. <laughs> Could be that Act too. Like yeah. <laughs> Act like a human. Act like a human. Um, but I just also wanted to talk about Boston's future real quick. I know that uh, it's not a favorite topic of ours because obviously they're kind of the team that we're, we're bound to meet in the Eastern Conference Finals over the next you know 10 years. 
uh, if all things go correctly. Um, I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, do they, they try to keep uh, everyone together? I mean, Smart's a restricted free agent, and then I don't think they keep Monroe because he's unrestricted. And then I think they, have, they, they would try to keep Baines as well. Do you guys think they make any major moves in the summer? I know there are Anthony Davis rumors, but with how good Tatum turned out to be, I don't think they're going to do that. No, nah, they'll stick. Uh, I mean, obviously, they bring back two All-Stars who didn't play this year or played in the playoffs for them. Um, and I, I just, I'm really interested to see how much money Marcus Smart's going to make because, I mean, he does all the little things. And, I mean, it doesn't show up on uh, the box score, but, I mean, I, w- I would really not be surprised if he gets paid a lot of money. Yeah, um, uh, I agree. It, it's going to be interesting to see what he gets. It's going to be – I think the market itself is going to be interesting. Um, you, you have LeBron who's going to make you know the max and Paul George. And then after that, there's not a whole lot of room. Um, a lot of teams don't have as much room as they've had in the last couple of years. And uh, I think both teams – and also how teams use that to kind of hurt you know hurt each other you know is will the Sixers you know make an offer on a guy like Smart you know if if they strike out in free agency to, to hurt Boston or does somebody else you know it doesn't have to be a Sixers you know will the Nets you know offer him 18 to 20 million dollars yeah I think somebody definitely will I agree with you guys and I guess that goes against what I was originally saying I, I think they try to bring him back um now is there a way to keep them? I know there's this qualifying offer thing, but I don't exactly know how how that works. Does it, do you so guys? What's your, what's your question? Do they how ha- that works? Do they have? Yeah, do they have a way to keep him, or is uh, without having to match like a ridiculously high number? Nah, if he's restricted, I think I think the qualifying offer is just uh, if nobody else offers him something and they offer him the that, then that's what he gets. Okay, I got you. I think what is it like eight million? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Probably something like that because he was sixth overall pick. Yeah, okay. sounds about right. Yeah, but so. yeah, I mean, they're going to go deep into the luxury tax uh, if they're going to match something on Marcus Smart. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to have him for depth, but if I'm them, I think I let him walk. What about you guys? <sighs> At that price, I think you have to. Um, you're dealing with a lot of high, high, you know, caliber, athletic two-way wings, um, Hayward and, and Kyrie in, in, in the bank right now. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't think you you have you don't have you don't have flexibility and and money to to pay Marcus Smart that money. So you, you're gonna have to let him walk. Yeah, I agree. I, I think he's. I mean, if they could get him for that qualifying offer, that eight mil that we were guessing, I would say keep him. But somebody's definitely going to go higher than that. Yeah, I would assume yeah. so. And the thing with the qualifying offer too is when guys end up having to take that, I feel like it just it won't end well for them, which is good for us. I mean, he'll probably walk no matter what the year after that, I would think. Um, but I did want to ask you guys because Shane just brought up striking out in uh, in the summer for the Sixers. Let's say they don't make a big splash. They don't get Kawhi or Paul George or LeBron. And we come into next season with basically the same team. Maybe we add a Marcus Smart or someone like that. Um, and we Tyreek. Add Tyreek. Okay. Tyreek Evans. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, and hopefully we end up in the conference finals against Boston. Do you guys like our chances? 
that's a good question about how good Markel is going to be next year. I think he he's going to have to be good in that to beat Boston because um, I mean we saw what happened uh, when you don't have athletic wings uh, trying to cover those guys and um, have to be able to be a, a scorer on the team next year. Um, in this universe, where's where did LeBron end up? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I guess you'd have to, if we're going to end up in the conference finals against them, uh, I guess we'd have to assume he's he's out west. In Houston or LA. Yeah. Uh, then, yeah, I like our chance to be in the, in the conference finals. I don't, I don't know about winning them. Um, if we don't make a big splash, it's going to be a little hard. We, we really need, um, we really need, I guess, a first option, um, but a bona fide, somebody not to make Ben the, the second, like, um, so if, if we don't get that splash, yeah, I'd like our chances of getting in there, but not, not to be a serious contender. We're probably just going to be another growth year and then go for the big ones next summer, whatever it is, Kawhi, Clay, um, LeBron again, Durant, you know? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's right. Um, so the future, I mean, again, a lot of teams are are thinking this, but it's, it, you know, the summer is going to change a lot in the NBA, but, um, all right, well, let's hop over to the Western Conference Finals. Golden State uh, won in seven, and they also got a lot of help from the other team. Uh, Houston missed uh, playoff NBA record 27 threes in a row. I think the odds were one in 72,000 uh, for them to do that. So, uh, yeah. but um, How the hell do you do that? It's just so impressive. If, if you ran that again... You would never be able to do that. You could pick the worst shooting team in the NBA too, and still not be able to do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the other thing I was thinking too is, I mean, I don't think you could get guys to to be able to hit the rim from three that many times in a row without accidentally making one. You know what I mean? I mean, it's it's really just it, it's so crazy uh, that that happened. And I mean. Th- that was the thing that Golden State needed. I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe if Houston's hitting their threes, Golden State. Uh, changes something up or does something and still wins. But, I mean, if they make like... I know Iguodala was hurt, but being up 3-2 and, and Chris Paul just missing two games, uh, it's just so Chris Paul. And it's so what we watched, you know, our entire, basically, like, collegiate NBA lives is just Chris Paul just getting to the playoffs and either just getting hurt or or flunking out or I'm, I'm, I'm tired of seeing it with him. Yeah, I think they said... The last four years, he has finished the season. Uh, I mean, he's been getting hurt in the playoffs. They lost to the Blazers, maybe. Uh, years ago, with him and uh, Griffin got hurt. Uh, like you said, Chase, it just it just it's happened so often that we've just come accustomed to it. Yeah, I kind of I kind of feel for him. Um, I, I guess if he was on my team, I wouldn't as much, just because it would frustrate me more I, as a casual observer of him. I just kind of feel bad, especially, you know, this year. Who knows if he plays six or really game seven? I mean, even with all those missed threes, I feel like Paul takes some of them, and I don't see Paul missing ten threes, eight eight to ten threes. So, um, who knows? Maybe they could have won that game if he had played, and and uh, that would have been a chance to get to the finals, and they would have been favored there. So, I, I feel for him, but I, I think Houston's going to be good going forward, and they'll have they'll have more chances. Um, but this was another series where. Um, there was a lot of blowout games. I mean, Houston lost by 41, I believe, at one point. Um, that was, it was kind of crazy. 
Yeah, better than Eastern uh, Conference with uh, close games-wise. And Steve Kerr in games four and games five were just awful down the stretch, not calling timeouts, even though Clay was like in an awkward situation with five seconds left. That was awful to chuck up. Um, but, yeah, they got away with it because of that Paul injury. But, I mean, the Warriors definitely escaped on this one. Yeah, um, I think they left a lot on the table. Um, Houston is, it, you know, they, they played really well. And um, the whole question, the question all year was, was, you know, will they be able to do, actually do it? Like, yeah, they're winning a lot of games now, but will they be able to do it? And they had their chances, and but, it, you know, it still felt feels like um, Golden State left a little on the table. And I think it kind of changes the narrative going forward. Um, I think I think their kind of legacy going forward, not legacy, um, but their window may be a little bit more fragile and smaller than it was before this year or halfway through the year. Um, what do you guys think? There's definitely a little crack in the system right now. Yeah, I mean, th- they just looked like this all-powerful uh, team. And, uh, I mean, especially them, like, just not performing down the stretch of those couple of games. And uh, they kind of set a blueprint for how to beat the team. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. They just don't look like they, they have before. I think they can get back to it. Um, it'll be interesting to see um, if they're able to uh, in this series. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing that I was interested to see is if they had lost, if, if Durant would have walked and if they, you know, what would have happened um, with that. I guess well, Durant would have went to Houston. That's what would have happened. <laughs> oh, man. We're laughing, but it could have been. It would have been. It would have happened. Yeah, it could have definitely. Um, so yeah, that would have that could have been uh, interesting as well. I uh, I just the one thing I wanted to bring up again about Chris Paul was a question I have for you guys is did did he get Thibodeau? And uh, I have two numbers here. So in the second last game he played, he played forty one minutes, which was I think by far a season high. And then in the next game, the game he got hurt at the end of, he played 37 minutes, which I think was the, yeah, it was the second highest minutes played all season. So the question is, if that was the reason why he got hurt? Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, it was just kind of an awkward play. Even watching it in real time, it just kind of looked awkward the way his legs kicked up. I don't know. I, I don't think the minutes were the reason. Um, I'm looking, I guess his minutes were, how, how high were his minutes in relation to, uh, everybody else that game? Were they a little, a little bit higher? Yeah, I guess maybe, I don't know. This is the latest he's played. Um, you know, he hasn't been in the conference finals in a while and he's playing a lot of minutes and he was relatively healthy throughout the year. So. No, he missed a lot of time throughout the year, didn't he? Thought he only played like 50 some games. Uh, well, there weren't the majority of them in the bulk, bulk in the I guess in the early. Yeah, he missed like season. he missed a bunch in the. He missed played the first game and then he missed a bunch, and then he missed three in the middle, another one, then another five towards the end of the year. Oh, okay. So I mean, yeah, I mean he missed he missed a few. He played fifty eight games this year. I guess it seemed like less because him and Harden because Harden was hurt like as soon as Paul came back, so it seemed like less to me. 
Yeah, that makes sense because uh, they they were uh, off and on, and then they they had such a good record together. I don't know. This team surprised me though. I, I really didn't think they could hang in with Golden State, um, but you know, Maury said that basically that they were trying to build a team to beat Golden State, and I mean they did a they did a really good job. I don't know how much I change if I'm them. I mean, you go after LeBron though, don't you? Yeah, you, you have, have to. to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's LeBron. He, if you can afford him, any way you can, you. Yeah, they can they can make the room for him and then buy cheap shooting to, to fill in the rest. Um, you know, they'd have to give up quite a bit. I, you know, Eric Gordon probably wouldn't be on the team. Anderson would be gone. Um, they probably wouldn't be able to keep. Who's going to want that Anderson contract? Oh, that is bad. He's got four more years on that. Oh, it's that much? Oh man, that's bad. Or three after this year, I think. Yeah. It's it's uh it's two after this year. Oh. Okay. But still. But there's still isn't it like eighteen a year? It's twenty and a half next year, and then twenty one the following <sighs> year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's brutal. Oh, I almost threw up. <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. Um, and yeah, so you would get LeBron, and then I guess figure the rest out. Um. Go for it. Yeah. Well, the big question would be, too, Chris Paul's an unrestricted free agent. My assumption is he's going to want to stay. But, you know, and he turned down a a really big deal he could have got. He's going to want the Max, right? And you can't – I don't think they can get LeBron and Max Paul. Um, Even assuming they get rid of Anderson. And that also means they're not bringing Capella back because someone's going to offer him like a ton of money. Do they offer him the max? I would. I would. Well, I wouldn't. But I mean, what if he gets it from somewhere else, or whatever the equivalent would be somewhere else? Is there somebody out there who can give him the max? Not name the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers and willing. The Lakers, but the NBA will probably turn that down. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Can't have Chris Paul in the Lakers. Yeah. So, so yeah, James Harden has is the thirty million dollar uh, cap hit next year, um, and then it jumps to thirty eight. Oh uh, well, yeah, that was that extension that he signed. Yeah, he got the the big you know, the the super max. Um, they couldn't give Chris Paul the super max, I don't think. Um, or can they? Do they have his bird right? No, I don't think they. I don't think they can because uh, he could have gotten it before. Um, but then he didn't take it. I don't think he can. Okay. And then, but he would still be due, what, 32 to 35, and then LeBron, you would basically be at the, you'd be at the 100 million mark between the three of them. Yeah, which, I mean, unless... Yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah, probably not feasible. I, I wonder if you, it's worth basically trading Paul for James and then trying to keep Capella. Maybe that's the way to go. Yeah, Capella presents a good option going forward. He's, he's pretty versatile and, um, you know, he was a restricted free agent. You got to imagine somebody's going to pay him, oh, you know, yeah. offer him the 20 to 25 million a year for four years. Definitely. Um, which is a, 10 to 
$15 million break from Chris Paul or LeBron James. So. Right. And that, that, so that leaves you, that, that gives you Clint um, and leaves you some money to mess around with. Obviously, of course, you're losing Paul. But if you trade Paul for LeBron, I mean, that's a massive upgrade. And look how, t- how good this team already was. I think it's just better at this point to have the rim protection. You lose defense, though, up yeah, front, he, I guess. Yeah, he's, he's so young, too. I mean, that's that's why I think DeAndre's going to opt into his contract with the Clippers. I mean, why would anybody... DeAndre, wouldn't he just go after Clint Capella uh, in the offseason? Wait, who... What'd you say? I'm sorry. I think DeAndre's going to opt in because people are going to go... Would rather go after Capella than DeAndre Jordan. I think he's going to... Because he gets... I think he's getting 20-some from the Clippers next year, but a lot of people think he's going to opt out. But I think he's going to stay. Well, I think, yeah, I think we talked about this maybe before. I mean, there, there is the Capella thing. Um, if the Rockets decide not to keep him, um, either way, I mean, people are going to be going after him. But also, does he get that money somewhere else? I don't think he gets that much somewhere else. DeAndre definitely doesn't, no. Right. No, yeah, there's no market for DeAndre this summer. He's, he will definitely be opting into his deal unless he doesn't, unless he doesn't like millions of dollars. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because there's a couple big men that are going to be on there. I mean, Brooke Lopez and DeMarcus uh, Cousins will be interesting to see with the Pelicans. We, I mean, we've talked about that before, what they do with Boogie. But uh, there's going to be plenty of big guys, and this draft is filled with big guys too. So uh, there's not going to be a huge need to pay big for big guys. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll save some of that for uh, the off season because uh, there's so much to talk about. We will definitely – I'll uh, be doing some podcasts on that stuff. Um, I guess let's look Let's look to round four of Golden State. Wait, before we move on, Sorry. i got to ask you guys if you saw Swaggy P's interview after they won. I did not. I believe, what, what did he say? He said something like, I, I, want, to, I want to something, but I, I want to get turned up right now. Yeah, he want, like Ernie wanted to ask him a couple questions and he wouldn't respond because he just wanted to go get turned up or something like that, he said. <laughs> and, and Ernie just said, let it. Let it be known here that uh, Nick uh, Young didn't want to do an interview. <laughs> oh, uh, it was just hilarious. He just he kept asking him how he felt to be a conference champion, and he just clearly wanted to go party. That just doesn't surprise me. I don't think it really surprised anyone. I do love that though. Uh, I love how how uh, how willing he is to be just a straight up savage. Um, but that I want to write that that name down because I do want to talk to you guys about something with him in the finals. But um, anyway, looking at the round four, I mean, I think most people feel this, the same way. Uh, Cleveland doesn't have a, a shot. Uh, maybe they can take a game. Kev, I mean, you think any differently than you did before? I am going to say sweep. Um, it's pending. I guess I know Iguodala is out for game one. Um, assuming he comes back for two, three, and four, I, I'm gonna say sweep. Shane, uh, I give him five. I, whatever. I, if you put a gun to my head, I'm probably saying four. But um, I give him five. Just maybe, maybe the Warriors don't shoot well one game, and LeBron musters up enough to will his team to to a win. Um, I, I think. What are the odds makers? The thousand minus one thousand. It's 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 ridiculous. 
they're, they're walking into a massacre. I was really excited maybe to see LeBron actually have a chance against, um, you know, a Rockets team that hadn't had much finals experience. Um, but they just didn't do it, and now he's walking into a massacre. Yeah, I, I, I like five still. It's probably the safer bet. Maybe it's not, actually. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just so lopsided. I just I have to bet that LeBron will be able to 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 do one game where he could just uh, keep them in it enough. Uh, maybe like game three when they're home, and I think maybe those guys, you know, some of his teammates might show up for game three, and and they can put it all together enough to win a game. Plus, Golden State, um, is, they're they're really bad after they win, and I think they're even worse after they win two in a row. They just they just get complacent, and especially if they win the first two by like twenty or twenty five. I could totally see them just like taking a nap in Game Three, and um, well, the last time a team was favored by this much in Game One, uh, the Sixers beat the Lakers in huge upset in Game One of the Finals. So, oh, and then there, then there was the the rest of the series. Maybe, maybe Tyron Lowe can get the, his revenge for losing that Game One <laughs> and get stepped over. <laughs> I would like to see him win one. That would be his. Yeah. Best time. 3-2 against the Celtics was the second. We'll do winning one game against these Warriors. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. Even with, like, the Warriors haven't looked at their best at times in the postseason. But um, it's just the Cavs don't have enough. That's really what it comes down to. This is, like we said earlier, one of LeBron's worst teams. I, I wonder about the ratings. I mean, you still have Golden State which is why I think people like to watch them because uh, they, they shoot the ball well and stuff like that. Um, and you have LeBron. I think it's got to be a huge draw also. Do you think the ratings are... I was going to ask you. Yeah, I was going to ask you guys what you thought. Like, uh, from a league perspective, do you think, like, they had more of a incentive to get the Warriors in there and just, you know, appease the all the Warrior fans that they, that they got for the last four or five years? Or do you think that people would have liked to tune into a more competitive uh well i know what the answer is that we definitely i would have definitely liked to see a more competitive final but um i don't know from a league perspective i think maybe warriors was still the ratings way to go i just wanted the rockets to be done i can't stand watching them play basketball it's so bad (laughs) i'm so happy they lost the way they did because all they do is shoot dumb threes i'm so happy they lost that way but probably for a league's perspective you would rather have six seven competitive games than what we're going to get yeah it's a good question because of the Warriors draw um LeBron having a chance against Houston has its own draw obviously and then if Boston could have gotten in you know them being like the underdog I think even though them being Boston it was kind of a problem if they were almost any other franchise and they were doing what they were doing they they um would have gotten a massive draw because kind of like what the Vegas Knights are doing this year. I think a lot of, I haven't seen the ratings, but I would guess the ratings are probably decent for the, the Stanley Cup finals just because of the story about the Knights and the Celtics would have been kind of similar um, to, to that because they don't really have a superstar and uh, all that kind of stuff. But, um, but no, you, you want LeBron in. Um, I, I definitely think that they needed, I mean, I don't think they helped at all. I think that was just him willing himself to victory, but I think from a league perspective, you definitely wanted LeBron um, in the finals for the eighth straight time. 
Yeah, I mean, it's good for that storyline, and then it's good for the rematch against Golden State. And I think the biggest draw, too, is not just to watch LeBron, but everyone is going to watch and and think to themselves, you know, even though they don't think he has a chance, can he pull it off? And I think that's what's... It's intriguing to me, even though I don't think he has a chance to, but I think that's what will intrigue other people also. For sure. I just don't want another two weeks of people saying Jordan versus LeBron. So I wouldn't mind it if Boston actually did win that series. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Um, KD's going to probably get another ring. He's going to want to be in that conversation next. You know him. He'll be on Twitter, on his burner accounts, gassing himself yeah, up. I don't, I don't understand how that – I mean, I guess it still counts as a ring, but it just seems like cheating. Yeah, I told you uh, – uh, last podcast podcast before about Stu Gatz and the Dan Levitard show. He's got his own personal record book, and in that record book, Durant doesn't have any titles. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely a black mark on the titles that he has. I wonder, though, if 20, 30, 40 years from now, people will still have the same perspective about that, or if he will be forgiven. Well, the big thing for him is he's got to win the MVP, the finals MVPs. For it to make it look like more of his titles. Yeah, I'm okay with that. With with what? I mean, S- Steph has two titles and no Finals MVPs. Shane, what were you saying? You're okay with? Wait, are you guys talking about LeBron? No, no, Durant. Yeah, yeah, he he needs to get the Finals MVPs. Yeah, and um. That that would what would happen there is obviously the year before he comes, the Warriors lose, and then he comes, takes it to the finals, gets two finals MVPs. So, I mean that that's that is how you turn a storyline around a little bit, um, you know, because yeah. obviously I, I can't really it's still a weak move, but it looks a lot less weak when you take them to two finals after they just lost and beat that team yeah. twice in a row. Yeah, I'm okay with that being the narrative. If 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 you if he goes from him being a snake to, um, you know, oh, we, we we this man, you know, this Thanos of a of a basketball player beat us when we were up three to one. Uh, Kevin Durant came in and then we you know we became the best team of all time. We won back to back titles and he was the Finals MVP. I think from about a thousand feet up in a couple of years, you know, ten twenty years, I think we look back a little bit differently. Yeah. Random, ra- random question, but do you think Durant would have went to the Warriors if they won that series? If, if the Warriors beat the Cavs? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. It just seems like that, that'd be worse than just joining a team that's won 73 games and the title. Oh, definitely. But I, I also have another question, um, just following up on that, Kev. Um, what happens if Durant and Westbrook, they make the, they beat the Warriors in that game seven. They go to the finals, and they lose. Does he still leave and go to Golden State? Yeah, I think he does. All routes lead to Golden. State. <laughs> I think he only stays in OKC if they win that year, win the title that year, except for that route. Yeah, I think that's yeah. I think you guys are right about that. It's just interesting to think about. 
if LeBron would have had the cap space, and I say LeBron, like there's not even a basketball team attached to his name. If the Cavs would have had cap space, I think he would have went there. If the Warriors would have won, and then and LeBron had and the Cavs had the room, he would have went there. I don't think it mattered. That's interesting. I mean, I guess you, we can't know if the Cavs would have made a pitch or not because they didn't have the cap space to make a pitch. I don't know that LeBron would have wanted that. You think? Uh, I guess so. I don't know. I mean, the the NBA All Star video that we uh, that they came out with, and it was like them two taking an Uber, and they were getting like interviewed as they were going. Yeah. Um, they they I think they ref- referenced playing how they were like one and two, and playing together would be cool, and how we talked about it before. Yeah. Who knows? I guess. Trying to cover those two would be awful. Yeah, I mean, it's the first and second best player in the NBA on the same team at the same time. Yeah. Not ideal for everyone else. Well, what was your question about Swaggy P? Oh, yeah. Thank you for bringing that back up. No, it wasn't. Oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God you remember. Yeah. Uh, we need more Swaggy P in this pod. Uh, so it's not really a question, but uh, I was watching the jump earlier and. Uh, they were talking about the fact that Swaggy P and J.R. Smith might be on the floor at the same time, and there's also the possibility that they guard each other. How amazing would that be? It's, uh, it, my brain will explode while watching those two, but I just hope they neither of them shut up the whole time while they're just on the court, just talking trash to each other. Oh, that, this is great. I hope they don't pass. I, I hope it's just well. like... I hope it's just swaggy ISO on Squish and reverse the entire game. <laughs> That's exactly my thought. I was thinking, like, if this happens, they better get the ball in every possession and just jack, like, fadeaway threes. In each other's faces. Right. Like, get, as, get let the defender get as close as possible and then just fade and jack a three. Yeah. That's definitely awesome. At least that's one thing we can look forward to. And, you know, enjoying LeBron and Durant individually. I wonder if Swaggy is he's going to get cut on time since McCall's kind of back now. I wonder if they're going to play. I mean, obviously, Quinn Cook should probably not see the floor uh, now that McCall's back, but um, hopefully that doesn't take away from Swaggy's time. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I think I think Swaggy's biggest problem was that he was getting burned on defense. Um, but uh, but there was those weird situations where he was actually doing a good job covering Harden, which I was really confused. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're right. He would he would lock him down. It was like he lo- he zoned into the um like the schoolyard uh like mentality and he and he locked him down. But just as a team has a health defender, um he pretty much just gets turned around and he uh, he was running into Kevin Durant and it, it was it was ugly at some point. Yeah, I mean I think he still get some minutes uh, just because he, he can really still shoot the three. And, I mean, I think that's why they brought him in. I mean, he kind of fits into that offense, yeah. you know, find yourself open and just bang threes. Um, but it will, He's certainly not afraid to shoot. Yeah, that's for sure. Right arm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, is there anything else you guys wanted to go over before we close close this pot up? I don't think so. Just, I mean, like you said, the NBA is a, a full year, uh, all-around year now, but the same ending every year. So kind of boring, but 
Warriors championship. Soon, my friends. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. We we have to deal with this for now, but a lot could change this summer, and hopefully it does. You know, maybe someone can change enough out west, maybe Houston. Okay. And, uh, look, at your expect- look at your expectations at the end of last year for this year. Right, yeah. Yeah, the prospects of also one more thing. Good, David Griffin, Sixers GM. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not against it. I like it. <laughs> I only ask that we make him the vice president of basketball operations because we're not going to be fooling anybody. LeBron will be the actual president. <laughs> True. I was yeah, I was about to say like you mean the acting like face that's the president but not the actual person in charge yeah 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 i just leave president vacant and just make him make him be vacant. No, and yeah. then just don't tell anybody anything and just let people assume yeah that that's the hope i think um but all right guys so this was fun um i think we all hope we're wrong again like maybe this will be a, a long series uh, maybe LeBron's teammates will magically get better overnight and play defense. Um, unlikely, though. But, Shane, thanks for joining us, man. No, thank you for having me. Um, hopefully we are wrong about the NBA Finals and right about Colangelo being a scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, for Shane Roxbury and Kevin McLernan, I'm Bill Golden. The Eagles are Super Bowl champions, as Kevin reminds you at the beginning of the pod. Uh, and this has been the Pick and Roll Podcast. Thanks for listening. Go Birds.